Hello, world. You're listening to the Cash All Podcast. Technology integrates with every aspect of our lives. Computing, entertainment, gaming, education, and much more. Here to discuss all of it is your host, Brandon Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cash All Podcast. It has been a crazy week. School's been busy. Uh, teaching's been busy. Classes I've been taking have been busy. All very fun, but just very time-demanding in a lot of different ways right now. So uh, to do this, have time to sit down and just kind of relax and do a nice podcast episode, I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, we're doing a series. The next three podcasts, most likely, are going to be a part of a series uh, that goes over the stigma of a gamer. And hopefully once we're done with those with that series, looking at different aspects of that, um, I will then have enough confidence in myself to be able to start having some guests on the show and to start getting a little more variety. So uh, I don't want to just have me talking all the time. Uh, I know a lot of people who are very creative with technology and do some awesome things, and I want them to be able to come on this and share their wisdom and knowledge with us all. So... Today, we're doing part one of the three-part series, The Stigma of a Gamer. Uh, This week is the topic, is it okay for me to be a gamer? Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about the place for gaming in schools, and does it have a role, and can it be used effectively in schools? And then the last segment Uh, two weeks from now, will be online gaming and the relationships that can be created from online gaming experiences. So that's our our three parts. Today, whether it's okay to be a gamer. So obviously, I'm an adult by age, kind of immature um, mentally, I guess you could say. I am I'm childish, childlike wonder about things, and one of the one of the th- one of the things that makes me feel this way is because that I like to play video games. You listeners know by now if you've listened to some of these episodes that I like video games. My friends know this, family knows this, coworkers know this. I think they're fun. It's a it's a hobby. Sometimes games can wrap around a very deep and compelling story. And sometimes it's just for mindless entertainment to kill some time. If I'm at work or if I'm with family or even friends, you know, they may ask, what did you do this weekend or what did you do last week? And, you know... There will be times the answer will be, oh, I played some video games, got a new game I'm pretty excited about, 
And for some of you who've done this, I'm sure you can relate. You get some judgmental looks. You know, they kind of look at you like, what the heck? You, you're still playing games? Um, there was uh, where, my, where my wife worked before she was a teacher. Uh, her boss would give me a hard time uh, during the summers because me being a teacher, have summers off, obviously, and, uh, you know, and he knew I liked to play games. And so he would say, oh, sleeping in all day, playing games and, and was good natured about it. But you do get a lot of kind of questionable looks, some judgmental looks. And, you know, it's like you don't quit playing because you get old. Everybody together now. You get old because you quit playing. That kind of goes along with gaming as well, I think. Uh, we're going to talk about today why we have this stigma, why gamers have this stigma, and why I think it is eventually going to get better. So here's a quick, uh, inaccurate probably, history of... Off the top of my head, the history of gaming. So a long, long time ago, there was arcades. All right. Then in the light, the late 1970s, home video gaming came out with the Atari 2600, and these were kind of thought of as toys. They were, you know, in the Sears Christmas catalog, little throwback action. Some, some good memories of that um, before before the days of Amazon, right? And uh, the Atari 2600, very popular home gaming system. You could bring home a box that would play programmable chips in the form of cartridges and play different games. Not as good as what they were at the arcade, but, but some of them pretty close. Some of them were a lot of fun. Uh, then eventually, uh, like the people from Atari broke away and created Activision and and we're like, hey, anybody can make a game for an Atari 2600. And so you just started having a surplus of games. And a lot of them were garbage. Um, sea Hunt or Treasure Hunt or something like that. I think it was called Sea Hunt. Awesome looking box art, gameplay, and, and actually in-game art, graphics. Even for the Atari 2600, very... Very disappointing. Um, but the uh, early 80s then came with a video game crash. People weren't buying the games anymore. And it was kind of a rough time for gamers. There's a documentary about the fall of Atari and, and other things of gaming as well. But a big part of it is the fall of Atari. And it's called Game Changers Inside the Video Game Wars. And it's by the History Channel and available on Amazon Video. I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's a great watch. Uh, there were news reports at that time saying that gaming was, was just a fad. It was for kids. And now those kids are growing up out of it. They weren't cool anymore. And one report even compared video games to the Slinky, saying that you know nobody plays with the Slinky now in the 80s. Uh, nobody's going to be playing with video games anymore either. Um, so, you know, there were so many games being made was a reason for it. It wasn't because it was a fad. You know, there was just too many 
games being made and a lack of quality control. Atari couldn't control who made games for their system, and a lot of games were just were garbage. And the Atari 2600 was very outdated at that time. It the programmers who made games for the Atari 2600 were were geniuses at coding because they were finding ways to uh, create for it in ways that weren't meant to be. You know, it's like in the movie Apollo 13, and they're like, I don't know, it wasn't designed to do that. And then the leader in the movie says, I don't care what it was designed to do, I care about what it can do. Like That quote reminds me of what it must have been like for coding for the Atari 2600 back in the day. So, you know, that there were a lot of factors why the crash of the video games happened, you know, and then eventually Nintendo came onto the scene um, and then was popular. It was it was popular in Japan first and over in America. Then you had the rise of Sega and then uh, Super Nintendo, the competition between those. And at that point in time, when the game Mortal Kombat was created, that was when people started to think, Maybe games aren't just necessarily a childish thing for for little kids. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Super Nintendo thought, you know, we shouldn't be selling this. There was blood in the game, so Super Nintendo made the blood uh, green. And then Sega, they gave the red blood of the the graphics. And um, it actually went to the legal process. And they, out of this ended up becoming age ratings for games. Uh, Sega was noticing that their average gamer was in their teens while Super Nintendos were much younger. And at that time, then people were thinking, you know what, this isn't just for little kids anymore. This is older kids for, for kids going to college. Older people can play these as well. So let's start using a rating system to our advantage and design games targeted for different age groups. Eventually, um, PlayStation, Xbox, all those things came out after that. And then, and now we have like our current next generation of games. Parents are wondering when kids will grow out of games. And, you know, you can, and you feel this guilt to be an adult that you, that you shouldn't be playing games anymore. You know, and that gaming is just childish. But is it childish to read a book? Is it childish to uh, go to the movies? What about playing a board game with your family? All ages. The the age on a board game says ages like 9 to 99 or whatever it is on those all, it seems like. You know, gaming is storytelling and very interactive form of it. And... Uh, if you look at the credits of any major game that's being made, it's a whole production. You know, it's it's more, it's just as impressive, if not more so, to look at all the credits of, you know, who made a big game as, you know, a Hollywood blockbuster movie. So here's kind of what I think. Uh, people my age, because I started with the Atari 2600 when I was a kid, got a little older the Nintendo came out, got a little older. I got a Super Nintendo, got a little older. 
the PlayStation. So I feel like, you know, my my generation is kind of the, you know, and actually people a little bit older than me too, but we're the first generation where gaming started, you know, at a young time where you could pick up and play it. And then we've been through the later stages of our life, the later and more advanced stages of gaming. So I think people around my age will still continue to play games. And I think you're going to see a lot of it where they're passing it down to their kids. You know, our our family will have some Mario Kart nights. You know, we'll have different games that we'll play on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and even if you look at uh, the mobile device games, again, using the phrase children of all ages, you know, kids who to adults play mobile device games candy crush you always see those invitations for the candy crush type mobile games uh, that you can play on your devices it's another form of gaming i was looking online at some stats and uh found out that the currently right now the average age of a gamer is 35 and that was just a simple quick Google search on Wikipedia. I should probably double check sources, but um, all of the sites that you look at, they're going to be around 35 years for the average age. I would be willing to bet that as time goes on, that average age of a gamer increases over, over substantially over time. 70% parents say that games have positive influence over their children. I thought that stat was very interesting. That was from a website called Tech Jury. Compare that to if you ask somebody in the 90s or the 80s, you know, do games, probably more so in the 90s, do games have a positive influence? And I'll bet 70% of parents would say they have the opposite, say that it has a negative influence. So in today's day and age, in 2021, 70% of parents saying that games have positive influence, probably depending on the games, right? Here's another kind of, unu- uh, not an unusual, but to kind of prove my point, the number of people who play games at the age of 18 and below, so under 18 gamers is equal to the same amount of gamers that are 50 and older. That's crazy. So for for back in the 90s when they thought all the people playing games were just kids, in today's day and age, just as many at ages 50 and older are playing games as 18-year-olds do. So gaming provides good entertainment, It's a nice escape from daily life. You know, you get to work, you get to the grind, and sometimes you are too tired to go out and do something. Um, And and all you, you just want to, you want to do something, but you don't want to go out and do anything. You know, or maybe the weather's too bad to go outside and do something. So you could just fire up a game and, and enjoy yourself. It promotes problem solving. It promotes teamwork at times in multiplayer games and also uh, promotes competition, healthy competition. Should gaming be the only form of entertainment? No, absolutely not. 
But you know what? People who read books, should the only thing that you do is sit and read books? No, that shouldn't be the only thing you do. That's not healthy either. Should you only just watch movies and TV? No. You should go out. You should always you know, have the ability to go out and do things and have experiences in the real world. But I think gaming is a good alternative pastime that you can use to kind of put in the rotation of things to do when you're looking for entertainment. If we can have people uh, who can take in different foods and give reviews over the different types of foods and be a foodie, or if we have people that can love going to concerts and they're just going to go and listen to music and hear their favorite artists sing, if we have people that like to go around and sample wines and beers from all over the place and find out what foods to pair them with, or people that like to go and watch sporting events, watch watch a baseball game, watch football game, volleyball, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's, it's finding things that you like to do and that you're interested in. And if, if we can have people that obsess over those other things then I think it's more than acceptable to enjoy playing video games. So don't ever be ashamed of being a gamer. That's my thoughts on the topic. I'm curious to know what you all think of it as well. Uh, Find where I posted about this on Twitter, at Code Peterson, at C-O-D-E, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, the old E-N. And be sure to get a little engagement going on there. I'm curious, how many of you have gone through the same things I have as being a gamer and kind of be teased about it and harassed about it a little bit? Um, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, you could just ask back, hey, you, you like to read books. You, you're just sitting there reading words on a page. Ultimately, how you're enjoying a story, I'm enjoying the story, another form of it. So shout out back at me on on Twitter, interact with me, and thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like what you heard. For other content, you can follow me on Twitter at Code Peterson.